As I mentioned on the last episode of this here podcast, uh, I'm a fan of watching the school board meetings here in Virginia Beach, which has been inundated by what I politely call a clown car of idiots. For months, I've listened to a lot of the same folks say some variation of the same thing, that masks are killing our kids and the vaccine is any one of a number of things none of which is actually true, and that our superintendent is a corrupt tyrant, and most recently that there's pornography in our libraries. In fact, in the most recent version of the, uh, the clown car, uh, Annie P., I won't use her last name because she's really unhinged, uh, she showed up with her particular flavor of crazy, and she hasn't been there in a few months after she got so riled up that they sent her a letter saying, hey, you know what, dial it back, or you know what, don't, don't bother coming. And apparently she went off her meds again because she went nuts. Now, personally, I think that she's milking it a bit. I think she's a professional pearl clutcher, but you never know. I mean, she honestly just could be crazy. It's not like we don't have a lot, uh, enough loons in this town. But... In the most recent school board meeting, I was pleasantly surprised by the, the number of people who signed up to tell one of our school board members, Vicki Manning, uh, about herself. She's no stranger to controversy, but last, uh, the last meeting was the first time I can remember that people lined up and practically shut the entire clown car out. And I think the people from the clown car who did show up, they were just all in a heap, man. After months of creating chaos, they got served. They got shut out. I think this ought to serve as a kind of reminder that when properly motivated, it's really, really easy to reveal how much of a pathetic, loud minority these people really are. All reasonable people have to do is show up. Ants are not meant to serve grasshoppers. Hey, you sick, twisted freaks. It's rolling. Oh, no. Anxiety creeps up on me. Is this how it's supposed to feel? Tell me when it's over. I got someplace that I gotta be. It won't leave. My friends, hey, get out of your comfort zone. It's a blessing in disguise. Get out of what you call home, your name is written in the sky It might feel just like you're on your own But baby, it's another lie, remember you were me I try to work, 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 but it doesn't work I try to say something, but there's no word I try to justify my actions, less reactions
from the city of Dolphins, welcome to a freshly squeezed episode of Roly. I are he who what be him. <laughs> and hey, welcome to year three of what the fuck, man. Although, to be fair, I mean, it does seem kind of like it's slowing down. Um, there's another wave hitting Europe and China right now. So, you know, wait five minutes that this may change, but it, for the moment, it, it seems to have kind of reached a dull roar, I guess. I don't know. Or at least that's what the corporate media would like us to think. I've started noticing, and I hope you have as well, uh, stories just starting to creep into the edges over here into the media about how we've had our fun, but now you know what? It's time to return to the office and be good little worker bees again. First, uh, Joe Biden uh, has started talking about people returning to the office. Here's a story from Yahoo News. Dateline, Washington. For the second time in a week, President Biden on Friday urged for an end to remote work framing the much-delayed return to the office for millions of white-collar workers as necessary for the U.S. to move beyond the pandemic. Look, folks, it's not hyperbole. I'm not joking. Because of the progress we've made fighting COVID, I'm not going to do it. Because of the progress we've made fighting COVID, Americans can not only get back to work, but they can go back to the office and safely fill our great downtown cities again, Biden said during remarks from the White House that touched on February's encouraging job numbers, which uh, saw the unemployment rate fall to 3.8%. You know, these job numbers are a lot like Kmart BOGO sales. You know, two of shit is shit. I I I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I understand. You know, look where we came from. Look where we are now. Most Americans can remove their masks, return to work, and move forward safely, the president said. The CDC uh, loosened its guidance for face coverings last week. Before that, many Democratic states had already dropped mask mandates just in time. Biden's remarks come on the same day that New York City, New York City, get a rope, Mayor Eric Adams ended a vaccine mandate in the city's public schools, as well as a proof of vaccination mandate for businesses like restaurants. Coming in the nation's largest city, these moves had the effect of co compounding Biden's message. The president touched on similar themes in his State of the Union address. Look, folks, it's time for America to get back to work and fill our great downtowns again with people, he said. People working from home can feel safe and begin to return to their offices. Not hyperbole. The, the key to a good impression, folks, it, it, you don't even have to actually nail the voice, but the key to a good impression is the words that the person use, okay? Or have an anchor, like Ronald Reagan is, well, Obama's, you know, look, uh, folks, and Biden is, um, it's not hyperbole. For me, you know, I'm not joking. It's not hyperbole. Joey, my father said. The economic benefits and drawbacks of remote work remain unclear. The lack of commuting has hurt public transportation systems, as well as businesses in city cores leading to vacant storefronts in midtown Manhattan and the once thriving blocks around the White House. 
The days of Zoom happy hours appear to have passed, and there's clearly an appetite for a resumption of ordinary human contact. Untethering hiring practices from expensive cities like Washington and San Francisco could create a more geographically diverse workplace, spreading prosperity from sectors such as technology and finance into the nation's more affordable interior. Okay. As I was saying, some say, I love those words, some say remote work will be detrimental to the economy in the wrong run. Oh, will it now? In-person work fosters innovation, the effects of which on productivity almost certainly exceed the gains from working harder at home for possibly unsustainable stretches, wrote the economist Edward Glazer and David Cutler in the Washington Post last year. An even slightly higher growth rate once people return to the offices will quickly outpace the one-time gain from saved commuting time. More difficult to define will be the cultural and social impact of returning to the office. Working from home has been, along with remote schooling, among the most controversial features of the pandemic, with strong opinions on both sides. It's time to go back to the office, folks. It's We have always been at war with Oceana. It's time to go back. But... Up next, we've got a Prudential Managers survey that got some play on LinkedIn this week. If your manager seems crabby lately, consider this. Six in ten of them say that their mental health has been hurt by the pandemic, according to this new survey, that has 40% of managers saying they're prioritizing their mental health over their career. According to the National Representative Survey of 2,000 workers, of managers whose direct reports are working remotely, 44% said the hybrid work model had already left them burnt out. I can't handle all these different people in all these different places. I'm just burned out. I need everybody back in one place. Now, again. Uh-huh. Workers who only once griped about their work-life balances are actually doing something about it now. 70% said they have or are considering prioritizing their personal lives over their jobs. And one in five said they will be willing to take a pay cut for a better quality of life. The median percentage pay cut workers would be willing to take is 10%. Workers who hope to hold on to a more flexible hybrid work model might be disappointed, however, if their manager's instincts are on target, while 78% of hybrid workers expect their new work style to be the main way people work over the next decade, 64% of managers with staff working remotely think companies using hybrid models now will eventually want most employees back in the office five days a week. Uh-huh, okay. So yeah, 42% of workers said their financial situation has improved since 2020. That was true for 54% of Gen Z workers, 49% of millennials. Far fewer women reported that their finances improved, but 36% of women said uh, said that um, compared with 48% of men. Many workers, 68%, figure that they'll get a raise this year. Most of those anticipate a bump, think it'll be between 1% and 5%. About a third of workers, however, think that they're not going to get anything like that. Now, it's true that uh, Omicron has been a milder and shorter run of the coronavirus than originally anticipated. And because of that, many countries and companies are starting to ease or completely suspend their restrictions and mandates. Uh, the WHO, who, um, if you'll recall, was pretty slow on the uptake at the beginning of this pandemic, is now saying, hey, you know what? Slow your roll on getting back to normal, kids. Yeah, sure, that's going to happen. I mean, look, folks, it's not hyperbole. 
the engines of capitalism have decreed that it is now time to start getting back to normal. And for them, that means nine to five in the office where they want you. Never mind that stuff about remote workers being more productive at home. No, no, we need you on the road using gas and going out to lunch and feeding the beast again. And the mainstream media, which is bought and paid for by these same interests, well, they've decided to run that baby. And I'm telling you right now, do not buy what they're selling. You're listening to Rose. If you learn nothing from this podcast, nothing else from this podcast or any one of the various versions of the show that I've done over low these many years, it's that I am a huge fan of flushing the status quo down the crapper. The status quo is for people that fear change. The people that run the show like the things, they like things the way they are. And for the record, let's state the position. The status quo is that This country is run by late-stage capitalist evangelical white Christians who are totally into being cruel to anyone not like them in the name of the image of Jesus they made in their image. They will cause harm to everyone they deem unworthy in the name of their preferred white Republican Jesus. 
It is, to coin a term, what I like to call the harms race. And that is what we are going to call these segments, News of the Harms Race. First off today from Crooks and Liars, a story about what is clearly the most sinister evil that we face as a country today. And of course, you know, I'm talking about trans kids. In Idaho on Tuesday, the state house passed a bill that would make providing gender affirming care to transgender youth a felony punishable by life in prison. It also includes a provision making it a crime for parents or guardians to permit their child to travel out of state for treatment. The bill, HB 675, easily passed in a 55 to 13 vote, with just one Republican joining all the Democrats and rejecting the measure. The measure now moves on to the state Senate and may be signed into law by Governor Brad Little, a Republican, if it passes. The legislation passed as, as more than 300 anti-LGBTQ plus bills are making their way through state legislatures. Targeting, targeting uh, transgender youth's rights to play on sports teams that correspond to their gender rather than sex assigned at birth, uh, access to health care, teachers' rights to discuss LBGTQ-related topics at school, and, and other rights. Texas Governor Greg Abbott's directive calling on the State Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate the families of transgender youths who obtain treatment has pushed Texas Children's Hospital the largest pediatric hospital in the U.S. to halt gender-affirming care for minors. According to the Washington Post, the more Texas parents of transgender children are now looking to get treatment out of state or move altogether. If parents in Idaho make similar attempts, they could be found guilty of a felony. Meanwhile, over in Missouri, we have a dumbass that doesn't know how the plumbing works, but, you know, when has that ever stopped anybody? New anti-abortion proposals in Missouri, uh, in the Missouri House, would allow lawsuits against those who help residents cross state lines for the procedure, as well as criminalizing aborting non-viable pregnancies. This is House Bill 2810, proposed by Republican Representative Brian Seitz, or Seitz, S-E-I-T-Z, of Branson, Missouri, would make performing an abortion before 10 weeks of pregnancy a Class A felony in Missouri, punishable by anywhere from 10 years to life in prison. This would also apply to what are called ectopic pregnancies, which occur when the egg is uh, implanted outside the uterus. Those kinds of pregnancies are not viable pregnancies, and they can be life-threatening to the mother. This is when an egg is implanted outside the uterus, for example, in the fallopian tube. And if it grows, you can hemorrhage, the, the, uh, it can hemorrhage and could cause um, the death thing. And the death thing is not good. By the way, there has not been a way to figure out how to move an ectopic pregnancy back into where it's supposed to go without killing the egg. Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman, uh, another Republican, uh, you know, you, you guessed there, wants to stop uh, those seeking abortions in Missouri from crossing state lines. And her measure has been attached as an amendment to House Bill 2012, another abortion-related bill. and was first reported by The Post. Um, so basically, he's saying, you know, you, no, you, you can't have an abortion here. You can't uh, correct an ectopic pregnancy here in Missouri and oh you can't go to another state to get it done either because you know well we're going to follow you wherever you go it is that legal 
I, I'm just asking a question. Can I'm in Virginia. I live in Virginia. If I go to North Carolina, can can Virginia call my going to North Carolina to get services? Can they call that a felony? Is that legal? I'm not sure that's legal. If it's if something is legal in North Carolina, it's legal in North Carolina. This is going to be a Supreme Court case. You you understand that, right? Seitz said his bill stemmed from a rise in telemedicine, uh, aiming to cut off the shipment of abortion-inducing drugs and devices from out of state. Because, you know, we can't actually just have this argument between be between you know a woman, a doctor, and her God, and the argument is settled in her bathroom in the privacy of her own home. No, we, we actually have to make this a big scene. Well, it's not a scene. It's a harms rate. I'm... I had to do it, guys. It was a dream. I made it happen. This bill is about protecting life. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, because, you know, the ectopic thing, you're going to kill. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to kill a mother. And by the way, um, he does not know. (laughs) He he, went and they asked him. Uh, you know, no, I, I don't know how this works. He, he said, I don't know how this works. Okay, sure. Now, you might think to yourself, it might be a bit cliche to think that these folks are a bit more invested in other people's junk than they should be. And it just maybe they need to be sharing something with the class. And usually I'd be inclined to agree with you. But, um, well, I've met my share of preachers in this town here. Friends, neighbors, members of the flock, once again, welcome back to the Church of the Eldable Messiah. I'm the Right Reverend Jimmy John Swaglamp, and yes, this is the day Jahit. Wait for it. Wait for it. Just is made. Hallelujah, friends. Now, friends, before we get into the text for today, I want to remind each and every one of you that we are all on the path to find the Lord. And we here at Edible Messiah Enterprises still have in stock for you the math of the path to find the Lord. So please call our prayer counselors right now. And if you do, we will throw in a complimentary three months of our Cheeses of Nazareth Club and the Jimmy John Swag Lamp Prayer Cloth. Now that's a new item in the store and I'll explain what it is. So I carry my ass to Red Robin and I get a jalapeno burger. I'll wait till I start sweating like a pig, wipe my face with a cloth and send it to your ass for $19.99 plus shipping. Praise Jesus! Now then friends, today I want to talk to you about the perversion in our society. It's a perversion that Jehit just never actually mentions in the Bible, but you know, as a white evangelical Christians with a God-given persecution complex, we must destroy that which does not look like the good old American man on top, get it over with quick. 
No, sir, I'm talking about men in dresses and women in, I don't know, Doc Martens or something. I mean, friends, just, just look at them. Feeling all comfortable in their skin and such like. I mean, we can't have that, friends. Why should they have all the fun? I mean, it's just sick, 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 I say. Men in makeup and eyeliner and thongs and bul- bulging muscles and I- I'm sorry, I just I lost track of that. Yes, and and women not looking at all like women ought to, like like Eddie Vedder, only not. Now we know, don't we, friends, that the females are supposed to be subservient to the men of the flock and fulfill her wifely duties, and when they cannot, well. Well, that's why we stray to the other side of the street, isn't it, friends? And that's why us God-fearing men end up in bathrooms with strangers, isn't it? And when we find out the plumbing doesn't match with the gender identification, well then, friends... I'm sorry, did I say the quiet part out loud? More to the point, and this is going to hurt me in my upcoming criminal case, friends, I have... I need to say, I have never known that woman presenting person that I once knew as Mark Chavers, and had I known that Mark was now Marsha, my first question certainly would not have been, how much for around the world, no matter what the news has told you? I intend to fight these allegations, and I will have my day in court. Praise Jake! Thus. Now, I want you to stay tuned for a message from my good friend, Ray David Chapman, who's running for representative here in the 13th District of Virginia, where he says he will sponsor what he calls the matching plumbing bill, and if passed, it will allow for visual verification of correct bathroom access as Jesus intended. Because who among us? Right? Right? We'll be right back. Praise the Lord.
finally, a little bit of death taxes Florida for you, since apparently everybody kind of liked that. A South Florida teacher was taken to the hospital last week after she was attacked by a five-year-old student, leaving her dazed and unresponsive. An identified instructor was first found by responders sitting in the ground against the wall and appearing to be in a faint state. The victim was clearly weak and dazed, was able to blink, 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 blah, blah, blink and breathe regularly, but at no point was able to vocally respond and show signs of a response. The troubling incident started when a five-year-old boy had to be removed for class for throwing things around and flipping the chairs. The youngster was taken to an empty cool-down room where the attack on the teacher allegedly took place. That's, um... The way he pounced on her and the way she fell backwards and smacked her head, it was a severe concussion. She's got some other bodily injuries from him jumping on her, attacking her, kicking, punching, biting. That's gonna leave a mark. It's gonna lead to surgery. It's gonna, wow, a five-year-old kid? What? Wow. What are you people doing in Florida? What? And that's going to do it for this here episode of the podcast. Connect with me on the social medias by going to Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on TikToks. And um, I forgot that I had a Patreon. (laughs) Uh, I remembered that I had a Patreon when I got a Patreon VIP member. Uh, this past week. And thank you to Mike for doing that. I appreciate it. You too can support uh, this here stuff if you so desire. You can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y, and you can do the thing. And um, next week, I'll actually uh, remember what it is that I'm offering people. I forgot. I totally forgot. But hey, you know, if it's there, I'm going to beat it like it owes me money. Till next time, question everything but the contents of a tuna melt. Some shit you got to take on. They stay solid people. Goodbye from the city of Dolphins.